1: There are only two things that pierce the human heart, beauty and affliction. Moments we wish would last forever, and moments we wish had never begun. So what are we to make of these messengers? How are we to interpret what they're saying? So what he's saying is this, like, there's a part of us, if we're honest, that at least knows that we were not meant to just behave well. And at some point in this book, he talks about somebody who has so amputated their desires that he's like, you know what? If I could just have matching socks, That's about as much as I could ask from my wife.
0: Today, Elizabeth teaches that moments of peace and moments of anguish are times that cause us to wake up and turn to God. But some people are so disconnected from longing, beauty, and reality that they don't even know how to desire good things. We must acknowledge our humanness and surrender it to God for sanctification. And here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part five of their message, Jesus and Desire.
2: Matthew twenty three, twenty seven, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. I don't want to be that. That's why I, I'm always very deliberate about being honest. With you, I'm still dealing with stuff and I'm your pastor. If I'm still dealing with stuff as your pastor, you're still dealing with stuff because I'm not that different from anybody in this room. You understand what I'm saying? And God already knows it. He's the one that really matters. You know, nobody else in the room really matters that much compared to him. So why do we pretend with each other? Why do we try to pretend with him when he can see it? We just need to be honest. I mean, when you think about it, the Pharisees, they probably never set out to be hypocrites. How did it happen? Putting on the show, putting on the Sunday best, you know, just wanting to put the best foot forward with other people. Separating the inner reality, the inner desires from their their pious outward. John Eldridge writes... We abandon the most important journey of our lives when we abandon desire. We leave our hearts by the side of the road and head off in the direction of fitting in, getting by, being productive, what have you. Whatever we might gain, money, position, the approval of others, or just absence of the discontent self, it's not worth it. What is he saying? God offers us the fulfillment of our desires and complete freedom, and we settle. I had a conversation recently with somebody that just absolutely tore me up. Just tore me up. I mean, tore me up. Because I'm watching somebody settle for much, much, much less than what God wants for that individual out of fear. It's just plain and simple. Not believing that God wants to give, not believing that there's mercy, not believing that there's a, the power of God in his mercy to do a work, not believing any of that. And therefore, making a decision that I'm absolutely convinced is going to wreak havoc and be regretted for decades afterward. Mark 8, 36, Jesus asked the question, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What what will it profit you? You gain the whole world but lose your soul in the process. You know, that's written toward unbelievers, but the principle applies to believers as well. Because the danger is that we win the approval of other Christians by pretending to be someone we're not, putting that facade out there, you know, that first date persona, and so nobody ever really gets to know the real you, and and you don't ever get to know others either.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean... It, it's such an easy thing to do to think that what's behind the facade isn't welcome or acceptable. So if you just hide it away, then. But that part that you're hiding away, it will. That's the part that's real, and that's the part that he's after tonight. And we recognize. the part
2: that can bear good fruit yeah. in his hands.
1: Or bad fruit outside. I mean, yeah. it won't just be dormant, it will bear some kind of fruit. And we recognize that nobody sets out to be that. You know, nobody. Tr- it's like, I'm going to grow up and be a Pharisee. I'm going to grow up and wear a mask. Nobody sets out to do that. And what we're saying is not endorsing sin. Just live yourself out like whatever you are. Just let it all loose. It's not to endorse sin, but to say, whatever it is, whatever is here, bring it into the light, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and let God have his, let his mercy minister to that instead of your own judgment. Because it's, it's your own judgment a lot of times that separates it. And it's like as. A severed limb like it begins to rot if it's disconnected. And so I really think that he wants to to invite it out of hiding tonight. So I'm going to read a longer excerpt from Journey of Desire to just listen for what part of that is for you. He says, the greatest human tragedy is to give up the search. Nothing is of greater importance than the life of our deep heart. To lose heart is to lose everything. Just what Jesus said. Something in us longs, hopes, maybe even at times believes that this is not the way things were supposed to be. Our desire fights the assault of death upon life, and so people with terminal illnesses get married. Prisoners in a concentration camp plant flowers. Lovers long divorced still reach out in the night to embrace one who is no longer there. It's like the phantom pain experienced by those who have lost a limb. Feeling still, emanate from that region where once there was a crucial part of them, and they will sometimes find themselves being careful not to bang the corner of a table or slam the car door on an arm or a leg that are long since removed. Our hearts know a similar reality. At some deep level, we refuse to accept the fact that this is the way things are, or must be, or always will be. There are only two things that pierce the human heart, beauty and affliction. Moments we wish would last forever, and moments we wish had never begun. So what are we to make of these messengers? How are we to interpret what they're saying? So what he's saying is this, like, there's a part of us, if we're honest, that at least knows that we were not meant to just behave well. And at some point in this book, he talks about somebody who has so amputated their desires that he's like, you know what, if I could just have matching socks, that's about as much as I could ask from my wife. And it's like, that's when when your desires are so dead, you don't even have imagination left of what would give you joy. You may never have matching socks, but there's more to reach for.
2: This is true.
1: This is true. But there's, you have other things. There's more to reach for.
2: (laughs) I now only buy black
1: socks,
2: (laughs) plain black socks.
1: What do you want me to do for you, (laughs) ask Jesus. Surely there are places in the heart that that God is trying to wake up and say, you're scared of them. They may or may not be pure. They may or may not be Christian, but they're there. They're there whether you bring them to the light or not. So if you don't bring them in the light, the enemy will wreak havoc with them. He will then go at them in ways you can't control because it's becoming less and less conscious the more you try to shove it away. So we we don't know if these disciples were ever actually given those positions. I guess we've yet to see that. If they were given those positions in the kingdom of heaven. But what we do know is that they were given much more than they ever imagined. Because when when they did what Jesus said, especially John, the beloved disciple, who was one of these two, when they did just follow his way instead of their own. They became his closest friends, and they got to live with Jesus so up close. John literally could hear his heartbeat and lean into him. And John also was given the revelation that we're studying Sunday. It's the same disciple. He was given so much more than he could even imagine when he didn't know what he was asking. And the same is true for us. And and the blind man also got more than he bargained for, because once he had sight, he could see the face of Jesus, and he could see so much more than he may have even known to ask for. And so we, we don't know exactly what it is that God is stirring in your hearts tonight. But we do know these scriptures. I'm going to read just a few scriptures, and just try to hear that as God answering his own invitation to your heart. In Psalm 91, verses 14 and 15, God says, Because, simply because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing.
0: Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand Him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus.